This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, originating from Florida State's Winery in Landa Lakes, Florida, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. Vice President and General Manager of Florida State's Winery, from coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235. And let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Sorry, but it is gorgeous here in Florida right now. So, mm-hmm. but man, we're supposed to have yep. a full window through Christmas Day. It's only supposed to get a high of seventy-one. So, ooh, yeah. get the snow shovel out. Get ready. Uh, yeah, you know, um, the blower. Uh, heavy winter you know. coat. <laughs> heavy winter coat, and yeah, yeah it'd be great. Over the, over the, over, you know, the stocking cap. All that. Right. So, but yeah, uh, I just saw on the news tonight they're saying New York City could get a white Christmas this year, first time since 2009 or something like that, or 2002. I don't know, but I thought they always got it. Huh. Yeah, no, no, New York City doesn't get it too often. It's just they says first time in huh. you know, eight, nine, ten years uh, or more. So they might get a white Christmas this year. Big front moving across the country. So, and we're not going to get it here. It's going to stay mm-hmm. north of us. Yay. So, but we're supposed to hit the 80s the next three days. And then the cold front hits us. And Christmas Day, the high is only supposed to be 72 or something like that. So, mm. then back up the upper 70s. <clears throat> oh, well, my son's of the weather tonight. Hey, you might hear him sniffling yeah. and talking. Speaking of making, weather. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of weather, you are under it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for the longtime listeners of the program, he does this every year about this time. And uh, it's just it's a ritual, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was sick last my, year. My own, time. my own internal calendar telling me it's, it's that time of year again. <laughs> I don't know. That time of year again. Yeah, time of year to get yeah. sick and get the sniffles and feel miserable and have coughs and mm-hmm. go let the doctor experiment on you. So, no. But, no. Well, as long as they don't name a disease after you, you're good. Yeah, should be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is new. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never seen this before. No, all this. Yeah. Like a new, new find, a new strain. Yeah. <laughs> that would be terrible. Wouldn't it? <laughs> a lot of things be named after me, but not disease. I didn't, you know. 
<laughs> That's a funny cartoon. Cartoon I saw. Uh, the doctor sat behind the desk, and guy's got all these spots and everything all over him. And the doctor's loading a shotgun, and he's telling the patient, "Highly, highly contagious. We can't let you leave the office." <laughs> so, you know, I'm not treating him; just going to shoot him. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can take you that cool. yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll let Mike yeah. do there his his texting and tweeting and all that while I talk. Since yeah, he, I, actually, I think I can do that. Do your radio program today, either your music program. Nope. No. No. I've, I've, I've actually little... cleared up a little better than I than I was earlier. But uh, yeah, I just. Uh, I mean, I could I could play the music and stuff, but you know, I'd, I'd get on there and start talking, and that wasn't happening. So, <clears throat> but um, and for all so of you out there, you know, Mike does a, a music program every week on on uh, Sky Blue Radio. Uh, so check that out. And uh, thank you. Uh, Sky Blue Radio he does that every week, well, except for this week, but. Uh, Check it out. Mm-hmm. Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday or just Thursday night? Uh, it's just Thursday. Just Thursday. 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 Yeah. Thursday, three to five uh, Eastern. Right. But uh, it's available yeah. around the world. So, so check it out. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> winter solstice today. You all. Uh, shortest day of the year. Longest. Uh, uh, longest night of the year. A uh, few things. Oops, that's not what I wanted here. Let's make that small again. And let's look at. Oh no, I don't have it here. Oh well. Uh, yeah, winter solstice is uh, is happening uh, today. Uh, it's when the Earth tilts just right so that the North Pole. It has 24 hours of darkness, and the South Pole has 24 hours of light. And we are in the Northern Hemisphere, so our days are short. It's The sun is actually crossing south. No, it's coming. No, it just now hit the equator. Isn't that right? It hit the equator, and it's heading back toward us. Uh, the Earth is starting to tilt back so that uh, spring is when it hits the... Oh, no. Am I right? Yes. No, I'm wrong. It's when the Earth hits the, or when the Sun is tilted so that it hits the Tropic of Capricorn, which is the southern limit of it, and then it's starting to move back north now. Then the first day of spring is when it hits the equator, and the first day of summer is when it hits the Tropic of Cancer, which is up on the northern edge of it, and that's our longest day, and then it reverses again. So, uh Today's shortest day of the year, and you all, so all of you who celebrate and uh, do Yule, uh, happy Yule. Tomorrow, National Date Nut Bread Day. Always a uh, fun item, uh, so have yourself some, I'll tell you what, date nut bread, get a diverse terminer and try that with it, or even some other uh, sweet Wine. Saturday, Festivus. It's from the old Const- uh, Constanzas from the old Seinfeld show. They celebrate 
festivals, non-denominational holiday, which is, uh, you know, for something made on a comedy show, they're still talking about it, still doing it. Um, Sunday, Christmas Eve, National Eggnog Day. Don't know anything that goes with eggnog in the wine category. And then Christmas is Monday. Enjoy all sorts of wines with your Christmas meals and, you know, the sangrias, warm up or sangrias and all that for Sunday or for Monday. Tuesday, National Candy Cane Day. And that's also the beginning of Kwanzaa. Uh, that goes from the 26th through the 1st of January. So Kwanzaa is coming up then. And then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, I don't know. There's no no meals or anything that shows on my chart here. But because it's getting towards the end of the year, they probably don't have a whole lot of stuff. But still, though, it is National Fruitcake Month and National uh, Eggnog Month, along with National Eggnog Day. So the 24th, it's a double whammy on your national and your date stuff there. Have eggnog. Um, there's numerous ways to have it. You can add your run to it or whatever you do, but eggnog day. A few things to talk about. Number one, and I'm going to um, back up out of this. And I think if it's going to let me back up, yes, it will. Uh, I'm going to back up out of this. I'm going to go to a website that uh, back, and I don't know the date, a number of years ago, we were talking to wineries in New Mexico. And one of the wineries we talked to was Anastasia Fields Winery. Anastasia Fields Winery is located... Uh, now, let me get my little magic book out here. Anastasia Fields Winery is located in uh, uh, Placitas, New Mexico. And uh, they were established in 1995. They had a 12-acre vineyard, tasting room, table wines, fruit wine, berry wines. Uh, their red blend, they uh, say is their, their best. 1,000 to 5,000 cases. And the reason I'm bringing them up again, I get emails from them all the time, I, uh, a couple of times a week. I, they must have a service or, or something that sends out their emails because I get an awful lot of emails from them. And the latest email I got from them said, Dear friends, we had a great response to sale last weekend. We sold out of some wines. We have found some additional wines. Our wines will be selling at 50% off retail price until the end of December. Please come by the winery, say hello, stock up on some wines, and help us go out with a bang. We appreciate all your support over the last 22 years and look forward to seeing you sometime this month. They're open from 12 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday, which basically is just two more weekends, and that's it. And they're closing uh, 23rd, 24th, 30th, and 31st. The last two days, our last four days, they're going to be open. They are going out of business. Uh, it doesn't say why. Uh, I guess, you know, he's retiring to spend time with the family. I, I You know, that's always a good go-to. Uh, reason, um, but they have wines that are 50% off, 
the domestic cherry is a pure cherry wine at seven dollars and fifty cents a bottle. Uh, the 2001 peach, which is a pure peach, seven fifty a bottle. Blanco Seco, a Chardonnay apricot blend. A Merlot and blackberry blend. And a white wine and cranberry blend are all eight seventy five a bottle. The pure wild cherry is eighteen seventy five a bottle, normally thirty seven fifty. All these eighteen seventy five. They have a pure apricot, a pure plum, a pure blackberry, and a fruit blend. All eighteen seventy five. Twenty fifteen Merlot is going for twenty five dollars instead of for the normal fifty dollar price a bottle. They also have three seventy-five milliliter bottles, uh, pure prickly pear, at seven dollars and fifty cents. A pure apple at ten, pure apricot, pure quiche, a, a regular apricot, pure peach, nineteen ninety-six pure peach, and a pure Rainier cherry, all at ten dollars for this three seventy-five bottle. And a fortified apricot at fifteen, and a fortified chokeberry at twenty-two fifty. That's it. That's what they've got left. That's what they're selling the next two weekends. Now, I don't know if they're taking shipping orders or not. Uh, they can take orders in advance, but it says indicate your name, your phone number, and your pickup date. So if you are in New Mexico and you're wanting any of these, you need to do it over the next two weekends. But they are going out of business. And uh, I guess that means I'm not going to see any more emails from them. Uh, it just, I just noticed this. I, it's always enjoyable to read their emails and stuff like that. Uh, they've done lunches. They've done all sorts of stuff there. They've done a tremendous amount of different things. Uh, the website is still up and running. It didn't say anything on there about closing, so I guess the website was going to be running for a while if you want to check them out. But then again, do that. Anasazi, Anasazi, A-N-A-S-A-Z-I, Fields, F-I-E-L-D-S, Winery, Anasazi Fields Winery, and that is the web address, a uh, a n a s a z i f i e l d s w i n e r y uh, is their uh, email address and info at anastasiafieldswinery.com is their email address and the web address is uh, anastasiafieldswinery. So check them out. Uh, going out of business, uh, anastasiafieldswinery. Okay. Um, let me get into something here. I saw a couple of things that I wanted to pass on to you that was interesting, to say the least. Uh, New York City boosts a variety of expensive food and beverages, probably the most expensive in the country. But now there is a $1,000 bottle of wine uh, made by Devin Shoemaker, or Showmaker. I know that's not an E on a Showmaker. And he said it is going to be ready in a couple years. But what's unique about this, the grapes are, be, are being grown on a rooftop in Brooklyn. 
and this is the first ever in the world to create a commercially viable rooftop wine or vineyard. Showmaker is the founder of Rooftop Reds, and he understands that Brooklyn is not really noted as a wine region, but he's betting that uh, his understanding of science and wine and uh, all that is going to make for a great bottle of wine. He says this whole mysticism around wine culture, uh, how many people know what vines need to grow and prosper. Viticulture management comes down to science, and that's what he says he is proving on the rooftop. Uh, he's been studying viticulture uh, at Finger Lakes Community College since 2012, and he's got the largest uh, – which is the largest wine-producing region in New York. He says that he kept thinking of New York City as a place to do all this and not in any lot or anything because there's just not a whole bunch available. So he looked around and found that there were uh, several Brooklyn wineries that uh, have uh, been successful including Red Hook Winery and Brooklyn Winery. But he envisioned something else beyond that business model, a Brooklyn vine-making Brooklyn wine, not just buying it from other areas or getting it shipped in for, from someplace else. So he started teaching himself. He started uh, getting into how people were developing container farms on rooftops. And it's a, there's a lot of them there. If you're familiar with, with that in New York, there's uh, all around New York, there are, there are farms on rooftops growing anywhere from tomatoes and even corn and all of this uh, on the rooftops uh, during the time of year. But he found that no one had applied for agricultural practices of growing grapes. So... Before getting his degree in agriculture or viticulture, he uh, had built several businesses and he was ready to start something else that he said that no one is doing. So he founded Rooftop Reds while he was still enrolled in school and he uh, worked in a grain, vine, a grapevine nursery and a wine cellar. By the time he graduated in 2014, he had raised thousands of dollars to do his new project, Rooftop Reds. Uh, As uh, a student entrepreneur, uh, people were skeptical as uh, how he was going to do it, but he went over his professors, and they, they knew he was investing money and time in making the business a reality, and they knew he was traveling back and forth from Brooklyn to the Finger Lakes areas. And uh, so they knew he was pitching competition in New York City and applying for grant funding. It became clear that he was actually going to do it. It wasn't just a pipe dream, as many thought. Finding space in New York was another challenge. A 300-acre industrial park that is home to many small manufacturing companies uh, and where he went to rent space on a building roof. Uh, His brother and him... Thomas Showmaker and a classmate by the name of Chris Papilia had already conducted a pilot planting of 50 grapevines on a roof at Thomas's apartments in Windsor Terrace. 
and the grape survived the New York winter, and so he used that as uh, a uh, test for it. And he told the Navy Yard that he uh, didn't have the money but had planned to raise $15 in some Kickstarter. And the Navy Yard agreed to lease the land if he met his goal. And he raised uh, 15000 in his Kickstarter. He raised 16820 in the spring of 2014. And he started his nursery on the rooftop. Uh, once the grapes were planted, he turned his attention back to the money. He met with the owner of award-winning Point of the Bluff Vineyards in upstate New York. And uh, he uh, found that the owner, Jeff Ruddenhouse of Point of the Bluff Vineyards, uh, liked what he was doing. He liked how he was raising the grapes. And so he invested half a million in the business. And once they received the investment, is able to move into a larger permanent 14,800-square-foot rooftop space, which now contains 42 planters, holds 168 grapevines, and has a sweeping view of New York City. Uh, he says the process turns grapes into the first bottles of wine for sale. Take four years, and it was showcased his first ones in 2019. It's a small rooftop vineyard compared to most of his peers, he said, which most of them are on the ground. But it is much bigger than what he had expected and what he had planned on doing at the beginning, and it is taking off. Uh, three of the vine, uh, wines are from grapes sourced from Point Bluff Vineyards. And this past September, Rooftop also launched a wholesale division, and in 2018, will be available in select restaurants and retail stores. Many New Yorkers have flocked to Rooftop Res to sip wine overlooking its vineyard, but getting wine enthusiasts to spend $1,000 on a bottle of Brooklyn, New York red wine will not be easy. If you're looking at French wine selling for $1,000, there's limited availability. People will look at how many points the wine gets assigned by top wine creating if it has won any awards. It will have to be meet have to meet certain standards, and if it does that, he feels it will sell. Although he's not worried, he's confident a wine from Brooklyn vines will be deserving a premium cult level price tag. Since this is a collector's item, and collector's item now this is a side by me. Collector's items are only as good as the person that you can find that would be willing to buy it for the price that you're willing to sell it to them for. So let's keep that in mind. It will be the first of its kind, and it's extremely limited, he said. Even if spending $1,000 is not for everyone, it's cool for everyone to come and see. So a new vineyard in Brooklyn, New York, on rooftop, selling a $1,000 bottle of wine. He is, he is a New Yorker. He, you know, yeah, that's the price we need to sell it for. So that's, uh, that's out there now. That's what's couple years that will be available. Okay, let me get rid of this. And let me go to the next one here. Um, let's see, is this what I want? No, let's see what I want. I want Um, 
fire damage. Let's uh, revisit the North Coast fire damage again. Uh, I haven't talked to any about the Southern, you know, and I, I really should check some information on the, the Southern fire damage. Uh, it was devastating as much so, if not more so, than some of the northern. I think the buildings were destroyed in the south more so. But I don't think the southern fire did much vineyard damage. And so that's why I haven't addressed that too much. But the fires in October were the costliest in California's history to date. 42 lives were lost and damage estimates exceed $3 billion. Uh, it's uh, both Sonoma and Napa counties look at the fire damage. It found that an estimated 1.6% of all vineyards were within fire boundaries for Sonoma, Sonoma County and 2% for Napa County. Now you say, oh, that's not much. But based on total vineyard acreage for each county, this results in roughly 800 acres in Sonoma and 700 acres in Napa affected by the fires. Now, when I say affected by the fire, I'm not going to need a little map here. I'm saying I, I, it's radio, so I can't show it to you. But I need a little map showing where the fires were and showing where the vineyards were. And the vineyards were pretty safe overall. Uh, the, uh, the fires were in the northern part of the valley. And it affected a few at the far end of the valley. Uh, this is Napa. And they were on the eastern and western side of the valley, up in the hills. But the vineyards ran right down through the valley, so it didn't affect them too much. Now, there were some on the western side in the southern part that were affected, and then some right in the middle of it. But it did not go right into the valley. So the map really is rather descriptive of showing it. I'll see if we can't pull this up and put it on the our Facebook page. And uh, if we can, you can take a look at this and see where the vineyards were and see where the fires were. But that means that the vines were in... Uh, what it means is that when I say that the damage when I, uh, results in 800 acres, again, in Sonoma and 700 in Napa, were affected by the fire. Now that means that the vines were in some way affected by the fire, either with smoke, fire damage, or being completely burned. This does not mean that those areas were fully lost to fire. So when you know, I say 700, 800 acres, that is not just 700, acre, 800 acres of lost fire. When looking at the uh, uh, satellite imagery, the burned acres are clearly visible and closely follow the Cal Fire burn map. So in most cases, the fire stopped burning at the boundaries of the vineyards. And this is due to natural fire breaks up land within vineyards, with vineyards provide, mainly the irrigated soil and the lack of dry grass to act as fuel. So it worked well in that. Uh, only as you move into this coming new growing season will we really understand the full effect of the fires on production and quality. So not as bad now as we're looking at it as we thought. Still 700 acres in Napa, 800 in Sonoma. Um, our 800 in Sonoma, 700 in Napa were affected. 
and that's uh, a substantial amount, no matter how you look at it. But I'll see if we can't get this up on the Facebook page. It's an interesting little maps to look at here and and to give you even more of an idea of what happened on these fires in uh, Northern California. Okay. And... Some suggestions. Oh, yeah, this is definitely some suggestions for your Christmas dinner. And now's a good time to go over these quickly. Just some suggestions for what you're having. And a couple of things. This is from a uh, Dan Berger. Uh, Dan Berger, let me give you his credentials here if I can find it. Uh, uh, maybe I can't find it. Dan Berger, I believe, is a sommelier or a wine writer. What is he? I had this earlier. No, he's a columnist. Uh, so, uh, a uh, wines for your Christmas dinner. Uh, it's uh, if you are a real wine lover, you know which day of year. Uh, you choose any day with wine is better than the alternative, which is no wine. Yay. Uh, so as you approach Thanksgiving, uh, understand that these are some of the things you can do and some of the things you can help to make it a little bit better if you're pairing it with wine. Uh, the dinner is usually turkey, as is with Thanksgiving. Uh, it's usually for one purpose is to... You know, feed everybody, and you've got lots of other stuff that go with it. Cranberry sauce, candied yams, raisin flecked dressing. That is really awful sweet stuff. So forget the turkey. Pick up some German wines. Your German Auslese. Uh, German Auslese would go well with those. But a German Auslese might be too sweet for roast turkey with gravy and mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts. So... uh, when you're going to have that, it doesn't hurt to have a, a wine that will fit everything. And if there's a sweet and savory dishes, a bottle of slightly dry, off-dry rosé works well. And it goes well with ham and even some turkey. So for all of you rosé snobs out there, this is a good chance to try it with uh, the turkey and all the other dressing and all the other stuff. So that rosé will match pretty well with a lot of that stuff. 
Uh, if you're having a long meal that's served in stages, appetizers and a salad followed by a break and then later have more of the meal, stay with lighter wine. So light Italian wine, Chenin Blanc, Pinot Gris, dry Riesling, and there are dry Rieslings out there. And always a Gewürz Terminer is nice to start that with. Gewürz Terminer has a little spiciness and all that. That's always good to uh, start with the appetizers. If the turkey dressing is made with nuts, have a bottle of dry sherry. Now, this is an interesting thing here. I never thought of this. If the turkey dressing is made with nuts, have a bottle of dry or medium sherry on the table. And a teaspoon of the sherry drizzled on the dressing will make it better. It will make it not as dry. And you can also use the sherry for a little aperitif, but... A little drizzle of the sherry on the dressing will lighten it up a little bit and make it less dry. So that's a that's a good idea. I think I like that. And of course, you got the red wine lovers. Uh, it's hard to pick just three or four wines, but if the turkey is prepared with sage, for example, pull out an older Cabernet Sauvignon, which is usually one of these descriptors in such a wine. Uh, if it's a young cab, decant it for a while before you serve it. Soften it up a little bit. Zimadol, Pinot Noir are always good bets. Uh, the young, fresh, fruity, and slightly chilled. Throw them in the refrigerator for 15, 20 minutes before you put them on the table, which will make for a much better balance on the taste instead of the dry wine. And... One other thing he suggested here is the Beaujolais Nouveau. And, well, I tasted the Beaujolais Nouveau and I wasn't really impressed. Uh, it might be good, though, for people, you know, if you want a red wine that's not overpowering, white, fruity red wine, the Beaujolais Nouveau could go very well with your meal. So just a few suggestions to go with your Christmas dinner there and enjoy some more wines with your Christmas meal. Like I said, I didn't have any food, but that is food. That's all the food for your Christmas meal. So uh, keep all those in mind, uh, especially that rosé. That rosé is always a, a good go-to uh, for a lot of different situations and a lot of different wines. Climate change. Climate change in Germany. They're saying that it's, it's starting to be good. Uh, for centuries, uh, the little history on the vineyards and all that, uh, the Romans used to plant the valley using poles to train the vines. And then uh, they put them up the steep slopes coming up from the rivers. But now the top of the hills were not a good place to put the grapevines because uh, it was not getting ripe, very unripe grapes, and they had to add sugar to it to make a good balanced bottle of wine. But 25 or 30 years ago, the top of the hill is now becoming the prized place to put the wines all around Germany. And in southern Spain and Italy, growers worry about the heat and how it will dry out their vines. And so 
That's something that they're all looking at, areas where they can plant it. And a fledgling wine business is really starting to jump up in the United Kingdom. And they're putting vineyards all around there. Uh, used to be the classic cold, foggy, drizzly areas that you always think of England. And not so much anymore. It's starting to show areas that are just about perfect for grapes. The uh, Riesling Renaissance is <clears throat> excuse me. The Riesling Renaissance is big among Americans and always has been. Americans always embrace the Riesling because they always think it's sweet. Rieslings aren't always sweet, but German Rieslings, Alsace laces, and Spate laces always tend to be sweet. And what started the Rieslings being sweet was when they were doing the grapevine, or when they were doing the wines many years ago, after World War II, they would take the Rieslings that were high in acid, very high in acid, and the unripe Riesling grapes, and they added sugar to it during the crush. And some winemakers added so much and sold the bottles at such a low price that Riesling's developed a reputation as a cheap, sweet wine. And they've been doing that. And the warmer temperatures are making this easier. Uh, Americans have grown to appreciate the the... German Rieslings because of the sweetness that they're finding in it and the warmer climates are giving it its sweetness. Uh, the uh, Six years ago, uh, they launched the Riesling Fire, Fire uh, an annual festival for the wine held in New York City and they're starting to introduce the different styles of Riesling that are available. They don't, they're not just sweet and the Riesling Festival that's being held, the Riesling Fair, basically, is what it is, uh, and held in New York City every year, is starting to show people that it's not just sweet wines. They are affordable. They can be high-end. They can be dry. They can be any number of styles and still be good. Uh, also showing that the German Rieslings can remain affordable compared to the prices from Burgundy, Bordeaux, uh, Champagnes, and stuff like that. And so the Rieslings are becoming more and more what understandable, uh, I, I guess is a better word than anything else. Though, that's, uh, you know, the author says everyone can make a baseball bat wine that just smacks you. But not the challenge is is not making a big fat baseball bat wine. One is making the one that is is a little bit more finesse. And ice wine is a goner. They're saying that because of the warmer climates there, and the rules and regulations that Germany has on ice wines and how they are uh, required to be made, and what the rules are to get an ice wine in Germany is even harder now with climate change than it was a number of years ago. And so it's too expensive and there's no wine in the cellar before the ice wines. They're just going right straight to the uh, varietals and stuff like that. Riesings, uh, 
Oh, jeez. Gunther Vernliner. Um, I hope there's a couple of others that I can't think of, and I know my German wines, and I can't think of them right now. Oh, my gosh, that's horrible. Sorry. But uh, they're doing varietals and doing well with them. Uh, the warm nights uh, are something that they're starting to deal with, and there's uh, some organic wineries open in Germany that are doing a great job and all that. They're building a uh, a cult following for those. So German wines are starting to be affected by the global warming. And because of that, you're going to start seeing different uh, types of wine coming out of Germany. Your real sweet reasonings will be there. Your real sweet reasonings will continue to be popular. But... There's lots of others that are coming out of there that are very, very good and just as interesting. So, oh, let's see. I think that is legitimate. Um, this is something that I've addressed a couple of times, and I saw this again, and I wanted to mention a couple of things about it. The uh, should wine labels list ingredients. My reaction is no. Uh, there are so many things that's in a glass of wine or in a bottle of wine. I'm, I'm saying no. But this article goes into uh, a little bit more detail and believes that an expanded wine and greens labeling is a trend in the food industry, in the beverage industry, and that's why people keep looking at wine to do the same thing. And they just they want to know what goes in the bottle. You know, and I suppose you can list ingredients uh, that you put in there, but some wines it would become as a winery, it would become expensive to have new labels printed up every time you do something to a wine. Now it's don't get me wrong, it's not that we do a lot of stuff to wine, but sometimes you'll add a little bit more of something, you'll do a little bit more of something else to try to balance the wine, try to bring it out. You don't always do that. And if you do, then with full disclosure of labeling, transparency as they're calling it now, then you would have to have a label that says, this is in this wine. And I think because the fact that people don't understand some of this stuff, it would be detrimental. Contains sulfites. Everybody's afraid of sulfites. Everybody blames everything on sulfites. Gas prices are rising up. Look at that. A bottle of wine contains sulfites. We got ourselves a bad winter storm coming across the northern part of the country. Oh my gosh, wine contains sulfites. There you go. And it's just about that bad because people don't understand. So when you start putting stuff on the labels that people don't understand, that will cause them to start blaming all sorts of stuff on any problems that they might have or anything else. Now, Sulfites aren't going to hurt you. 
but it is on the label, so everybody picks on that. Everybody knows about tannins in wine. Everybody blames tannins for something or other. Never ever has any test, has anything ever been proven that tannins cause headaches or respiratory problems or any of that stuff. But people do pick on that and say, oh, I can't drink red wine because of the tannins. And if you start listing stuff on a bottle of wine, then I just feel it's going to be a, a, a barrel of monkeys, can of worms, whatever you want to call it. You know, a, a mega purple is given added to wines to give it a darker, richer appearance. It doesn't hurt. Mega purple is made from grapes skins, and so it's still grapes. But when you write mega purple on the label, people are going to, oh, I can't have this. I'm allergic to mega purple. Or the vegetarians out there, are you aware that egg whites or an, an ingredient made from fish bladders called glass has been used as a fining agent or a clarifying agent in the wines? And this goes on and on. This is just, you know, these technically are additives that are at the disposal of, excuse me, at the disposal of the winemakers now. And consumers are saying, particularly the millennials, and I, I just have to point, they started this, I think, more so than anyone. And me as a, a boomer could care less what we ate. I mean, it's... Um, land of plenty there was lots of stuff to eat we didn't look at all the stuff that was in our food so they're looking at what do we need to have to show what is in our wines what are we putting in our in our uh, in our bodies and you get little things like arsenic okay yes there is arsenic is not added. It's a natural byproduct to fermentation. But, oh, my gosh, I don't want arsenic. So, therefore, I'm not going to drink wine no matter how much I love it because I don't want it to poison me. Well, I don't know. I just I, – <laughs> obviously, you know what side I'm on on this. You know, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm very you know upfront about this. I think labeling wines and putting all the stuff on wine labels would just – create such a, 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 a fiasco that you would be explaining this all the time. Even with a few things that people know about now, I'm constantly explaining. And if you put full transparency on wine bottles, how are you going to fit it on there? Does it have to be a certain font? Do you have to have a fold-out label so it tells anything? Can you scan it with a... Um, QR code you know I, I don't know it's just this opens up a bunch of stuff and this I, I didn't go into this article a whole lot here uh, because every time I started to read it I started to think the same thing I was just expressing there but how are you going to put all this on there I mean a fold out label over 350 different chemicals in a glass of wine should we list every one of those or should we just list the stuff that we're going to add? And maybe it's not the stuff we're adding that's causing the problems to anyone anyway. Um, 
Red wines contain histamines. We've been discussing that because of the WAD. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the last two episodes, the last three episodes. Uh, Histamines cause a lot of problems. Histamines cause the stuffy nose, the headaches, the uh, flush in the face and chest. These are the things that aren't caused by red wines, aren't caused by tannins, that aren't caused by sulfites. These are things that are caused by the histamines. Are we going to list that? That is a natural byproduct. So if you're going to list histamines, then I'm allergic to this particular chemical. I want it listed too. I think it can get out of hand. No. My vote and my very strong vote is no. Transparency in wine doesn't make it. If you want to ask the winemaker, most of them will be up front with you and tell you. Uh, There's email addresses on every bottle of wine. You can go to the website, pick up a bottle of wine, look at the name, punch it into the computer, and you'll get the website. So you can go to the website and call and ask. But to list everything, I am not a fan. I don't think it would be a good thing. Transparency or not, you know, uh, I don't think it would be a good thing. So, oh, well. Uh, (laughs) Should wine labels list ingredients? No, it's my vote. This article here goes on and says, you know, a little bit of transparency would be a good thing. And some of the winemakers say, yeah, maybe, and others say, uh, no, and then some say, well, I don't add anything anyway, so I'm safe. But yeah, you do. You know, you use a little bit of additives in here and there. Uh, it's not dangerous for you. It, you know, it just tweaks it a little bit and makes it for a little bit better wine. I mean, gum Arabic, mega purple, and other enhancers just make for a little bit better wine. It doesn't hurt you, but you have to put every one of those on there. I mean, grapes. Uh, what type of grape? You know, I mean, we break it down, but you know, should we ha- have the clone number? Uh, maybe I'm allergic to Pinot Noir clone number 642, whereas Pinot Noir clone number 471 is great. Yeah, yeast, and there's something else too. Yeast, uh, yeast has been genetically engineered. Uh, it's a GM, a genetically modified organism. The yeast are used in wines. Uh, so we need to start putting that on there. I no. Well, so that's my opinion of total transparency on wines or uh, labels that list all the ingredients. I don't see where it would be beneficial at all. So. I will move on from that and get off my soapbox here. Uh, Here's something that's interesting. Gin drinkers are more likely to be sexy and aggressive, a study finds. Uh, This is uh, a uh, survey that was done. Gin drinkers uh, are more likely to be thought of as sexy than those who drink other spirits. It's also found that a quarter of red wine drinkers, 25%, report feeling frisky after a tipple. But the beverage also appears to make three in five consumers, 60%, feel tired after drinking red wine. 
The findings are from a new large study which discovered that different types of alcohol elicit different emotional responses. So this was published in the BMJ Open Journal, which I don't know any more than that about that. And it suggests that loudish drunken behavior may be linked to the type of alcohol a person has consumed. He said, after examining anonymous responses to the world's largest online survey of legal and illicit drug and alcohol use among adults, they found that drinking spirits such as vodka, gin, and rum appeared to be more commonly associated with aggression than other drinks. 30% of spirit drinkers reporting feeling aggressive after drinking spirits. This compared to only 2.5% of red wine or white wine drinkers and 7% of beer drinkers. So, you know, drink wine, you don't get aggressive, you're not going to get into a bar fight or anything like that. Spirits are also the type of alcohol most likely to be bring on cheerfulness when compared to red wines. You know, you know, I love you. I love you, buddy. You know, red wines aren't going to get you to do that. And uh, the high levels of tiredness was reported by almost 30,000 people from 21 different countries. So red wine tends to make you tired. I mean, it's just pretty much what people thought. 59% of the spirit drinkers reported feeling confident compared to 45% of the beer drinkers and just over 25% of the wine drinkers. Red wine and beer appeared to make drinkers feel more relaxed. Uh, the researchers from Public Health Wales and King's College London also found that spirits were also associated with high levels of feeling sexy, with foreign tints saying spirits men feel that way. This compares to a quarter of the red or white wine drinkers and only 19% of beer drinkers. I can understand that. You know, you see somebody drinking a beer, you don't think sexy. Wine, a little bit more so. Uh, the authors, which concluded that understanding emotions associated with alcohol consumption is imperative to addressing alcohol misuse. So that's why they did the survey. Uh, they said that uh, global studies suggest even today, consuming spirits is more likely to result in feelings of aggression than other drinks. And it's also cheaper. Uh, spirits, off license, and then this is the United Kingdom, spirits were much cheaper, making a double shot cost about a buck. And so uh, that was one of the things they concluded on that study. So, uh, and if you're a wine drinker, you probably know that they, red wines tend to make you tired anyway, so they weren't telling you anything new. And let's see. I think that's it. I was going to talk about name, but I still can't think of the word I'm trying to use. So I'm going to have to skip until I think of the word. Uh, name designation. Thanks. Engineer was back there telling me. I was going to talk about name designation, but I'll save that for a future date. And I'm done. You all have yourself a very Merry Christmas. And Mike's going to tell you a little bit about our festival we're having the day after tomorrow. Uh, I won't make talk too much. <laughs> well, I, uh, let me let me try this for a minute and fifteen seconds, and I'll switch my own screens over to the uh, 
to the uh, information uh, from the email. Hold on just a second, and we'll play this. Coming up this Saturday at Florida State's Winery, it's Wine Fest, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Enjoy live music, have a little fun, and shop our vendors providing unique handmade items and some brand names you have known for years. Participate in an informative wine tasting with wine expert and show host, Ron. Sample some of Florida Estates Winery's world-class wines. Shopping is always fun, and WineFest is a great way to pick up unique gift items. Come out to Florida Estates Winery and enjoy the weekend with us. Listen to live music and shop under the giant oak trees while enjoying a glass of your favorite wine. This is a family event, and pets are welcome at Florida Estates Winery. See you there. Florida Estates Winery is located at 25241 State Road 52 in Land Lakes, Florida. Call 813-996-2113 or email corp at flune.com. That's C-O-R-P at F-L-E-W-N dot com for more information. Florida Estates Winery is open daily, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, Saturday, December 23rd, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Come on out and enjoy the weekend um, and have a glass of wine. Relax. It's fantastic out underneath the oak trees or indoors. Um, And enjoy the sounds of Alex and Constantine. Participate in an informative wine tasting with the one and only Ron, who gets recognized every once in a while there as <laughs> the, the <laughs> show host. Uh, have a little fun and uh, shop the vendors. And I've heard that Christmas is right around the corner, so uh, this is a perfect time to pick up some uh, unique um, uh, items uh, for a special someone and uh, just you know, uh, buy some gifts out there because uh, you're going to have all kinds of uh, neat things you can buy from uh, Frank and Sharon uh, gemstone jewelry line uh, with uh, Christmas and holiday jewelry and specially priced jewelry gifts. Um, uh, let's see, Frog Hollow uh, Creations, uh, All-American Gutter Protection will be there to tell you that the sole purpose is to handle all of your water management needs. Uh, they install seamless gutters uh, to handle 100% of the rainfall uh, so Jordan's going to be there. Uh, Sandy makes clay and metal jewelry there, um, and uh, also with information on what she does uh, on her website, sassyclassydayclaycreations.com. Uh, and uh, Pet Food uh, Program of Pesco County Raffle Rescue Incorporated is going to be there as well, um, which is a great local Florida organization, and uh, you can help out as well um, to the to uh, Raffle Rescue. So uh, meet them there. Uh, DoTerra is going to be there. Uh, Molly uh, with a certified pure therapeutic grade essential oils, <clears throat> and um, all kinds of information from from them. Uh, Susie's dogs. Um, I should have got a cheeseburger last time I was there, but they were closing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the truck was pulling away. <laughs> But they do make they do make some fantastic food out there, and and uh, for, for yeah. the, you know the little little space that they have for for the little uh, you know booth thing, it's you know, I mean they they can really turn it out. So uh, uh, come on out and uh, and enjoy a good meal as well. Uh, hats galore by Susan Marie, uh, custom designed and hand crocheted hats with mashing scarves and sets, two styles um, and in many colors. Uh, so uh, come on out there, uh, doggy sweaters uh, you, for your family pet friend, uh, whatever you want. A lot of people call them a family. So there you go. Uh, handmade doggy beds, um, 
that are very unique and uh, also some uh, stuffed animals for both dogs and toddlers and uh, very uh, good price and everything. So um, there's, there's just all kinds of stuff. Um, what else? Uh, things from the attic. Susie's going to be there. Uh, unique stuff, uh, assortment of books and different things from the attic. So check it out. Uh, enjoy visiting these vendors and more. Uh, shopping can be fun. Uh, and it's a great chance to pick up those unique items for friends and family members and uh, for yourself. <laughs> so come on out and shop. It's going to be great. And um, it's always a great day at the winery. And there was something else you mentioned last last week, I think. There was about, uh, was there door prizes or something? Or what was this? Was I thinking of something else? <clears throat> I wasn't sure if that was. Oh, well, we may we I may know. give out uh, yeah. a, a few I mean, items, I don't Christmas remember. Christmas items. Yeah, or not items, okay. but Christmas presents. Well. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure just, if I heard that know, last come out, last show or what. Yeah. Hmm. I'll get a Christmas yeah. present. And or, you know, what yeah. people will say here. Here's this. Here's that. Don't expect to walk away yeah. with a bottle of wine, but maybe, maybe. I might <laughs> hand you a bottle. Of wine. You never know. So that is the last um, wine fest of the year. That's this Saturday, the 23rd, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Come on out. And don't forget that the uh, tip jar this month is for South Florida Wildlife Center. Uh, They uh, treat, cure, fix, and release any animals, uh, flying, crawling, running, or slithering that are hit on Alligator Alley. So come on out and and help them out a little bit uh, by adding something to the uh, tip jar. Uh, good cause. Good cause. Have you you've been on Alligator Alley? I've been on there a few times, but uh, yeah, man, yeah. you've been um, in Florida. You've been in Alligator Alley. Yeah. A, yes. Well, great. <laughs> yeah. It's what like a hundred miles across? Just it's just you and swamp, um, and that one. That's it. I don't know what the, what that thing is. The truck stop or or stop or no, whatever halfway down there. Indian stop. It's Indian Indian, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, it's a gas station. Only one on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, good, good, uh, interesting area, uh, our ecosystem. Um, well, I guess. Gosh, this is this is the last show before uh, what's what is uh, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought this was the end from seventeen. No, nope. <laughs> like, no, no, we got one more seventeen. Uh, yeah, the twenty eight. Um. Yep, twenty eighth will be our next show. Last uh, next seventeen. Yeah. Last show this year. Okay. Um and uh we'll see everybody uh save this before I lose it. Um we'll see everybody next uh, Thursday. Thanks for joining us uh this week again. Um we'll be back at seven PM Eastern time on the twenty eighth, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh have a uh have a Happy holiday, Merry Christmas, um, season's greeting. Happy, happy Yule, <laughs> Just, happy Kwanzaa, happy Christmas, <laughs> happy Hanukkah, happy <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and uh, be safe and uh, yes, and enjoy safe. it. And uh, yes, <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot. Take see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron, originating from Florida State's Winery in Lando Lakes, Florida. Florida State's Winery is located at 25241 State Road 52 in Lando Lakes, Florida. 
four miles west of Interstate 75 or east of U.S. 19 and U.S. 41. For more information on Florida State's Winery, visit the website at floridastateswines.com or call 813-996-2113. That's 813-996-2113. The winery is open daily, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.